Coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. So how many hundreds of thousands of years ago was this thing created and by what? Right. By who? It's ant I mean, people. I think it doesn't have to necessarily be an extraterrestrial species. It could have been a non-human It's necessarily race. an extraterrestrial. Ant people. Right? Inner Earth nah, ant I don't, people? I don't like that idea. That doesn't seem very romantic to me. Why? How are ant people not romantic? They have pincers. The Serapium of Saqqara. These are 100-ton boxes that they've discovered. It's just so insane. Been there for thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years. What freaks me out about this is there's a handle on this, <laughs> yeah. what, 20 ton lid for this massive box. So what monster, what monstrous creature is grabbing this lid? The other creepy part is that it's open. Something grabbed that handle yeah. and moved this 20 ton lid to the side. What got out? What got out? What got out? Despite being thousands of years old, the components are of a technological origin. Some believe that the coils proved the human race enjoyed a sophisticated level of technology in the Pleistocene era, while others assert that their findings are the work of extraterrestrials. Of course, that's the argument you hear all the time. It's always humans are extraterrestrials. Right. What about the upright walking reptoid people that built Iron Man suits out of right. nanotechnology and we're finding the remnants? Saxa human, these gigantic multi-ton structures that look like yeah. marshmallows pressed together so tightly you can't fit a piece of paper through the cracks. Right. And what's crazy is they all look like they're softened right. to fit perfectly. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. This is not an anomaly. This happened a lot back In then. In different cultures across the world. Across the world. Across the world. When the Aztecs stumbled upon the ruins of Teotihuacan, the city had already long been abandoned. That's what's fascinating. Who built this place? this huge complex. It looks like a giant sports arena from a forgotten time period. That looks like an alien landing ground. Yeah. What took place there? It's just, you can't even imagine. This is the city of the gods. Sasquatch, homunculus, alien races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole, I've been watching this one guy. Like, close the door, it. Jury, close your door. What's the uh, inner earth disagreements? Ghost dad. <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, magicians are demons, specters, spirits, sleep paralysis, strange disappearances, sky whale phenomena, yes. alternative history, shadow people. Shh, quiet, I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeists. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf towers. I would never talk about it. That's old. Y2K. Cover ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Belief Hole. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy. I'm Chris. And I am John. And we're all here together and not apart. <laughs> together apart. We are to with this time, we are together together. Together together. That's what life's really about, right, guys? Yeah. Welcome to another episode. We're going to distract you from the crazy chaos to get into some visions of the past that might have been very different from our own, and yet not so different. I bet you they were a lot different. Oh, very different. It just seemed like the right thing to say. <laughs> not so different in the sense that they... Floating pyramids? Okay, well, this picture... <laughs> so I have a picture for the show to inspire our mood here. 
because uh, this show is about ancient, advanced technology and lost, forgotten civilizations. I like the giant cat alien in the background. Yeah, I grabbed this picture off the Googler, and I'm not sure. I probably should have. Um, it wasn't meant to be in the show notes, so I didn't link the artist or anything. But yeah, it's this grand scene of this ancient, sun-bleached city, advanced with floating pyramids. It does look heads nice. And looks really nice and warm. It does there. look nice. Yeah, I it? mean, it looks like the the artist was inspired by the concept of ancient Egypt pre, you know, the ancient Egypt we know. Right. Where you have, yeah, the capstones of the pyramids are levitating. You have a giant cat god in the background. Ooh. Probably a nice place to live until you get sacrificed at the top of the <laughs> right. cat demon. I don't think yeah. they did, though, in this civilization. Oh, this made-up civilization? Too advanced to sacrifice each other. That's uh-huh. ridiculous. You can't get a lot done, unless you're sacrificing. It's you not, know. you're not sacrificing everyone. It's, it's just people, that people every once in a while. <laughs> just people every once in a while. Yeah, that's what, I mean, it's not like you sacrifice everybody. That's true. It's to give, uh... A sacrifice to the gods. Right. So that they they've bestow bountiful... They only sacrifice fence-sitters. Actually, they usually sacrifice... Well, the best sacrifice would be a, either a child or a, it's the purest blood you could find. A virgin. What That's are you talking virgins, about? This is a hypothetical well, I'm civilization. Thinking like, I'm thinking like... Uh, You're going right to the child sacrifice. The Mayans. Right. Aztecs. I think Aztecs did. The Mayans definitely did. Virgins? Yeah. Virgins, virgin blood. Oh, during solar eclipses and stuff. Yeah, because you sacrifice those things that, you know, and you hear a lot of times like the firstborn, because that is the most power because it's the largest sacrifice. Right. You know, it's the untainted. You're giving up the most sacrifice. Right. You're giving up the thing that has the most potential in life, the most most clean, untouched. Sounds like a wonderful way to live. I think I would be the one to be (laughs) sacrificed in this room. Yeah, you would be. Because I'm the best and purest soul. (laughs) You're the scaredest. You're not the scaredest. And your fear would be the tastiest not, to the gods. I'm, you I, are definitely the scaredest. No, how am I scaredest? That's a weird way to say that. I would say most anxious, hypochondriac perhaps. I might be a little anxious from time and to time. your fear is delicious to the... Yeah, they would love to adrenochrome eat Adrenochrome suckers. I am a courageous man. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good, solid heart and you are you are brave when you need to I got to a be. lot of courage. I mean, I do. There are situations where I, I kind of freeze, but <laughs> in conflict... Uh, but it's usually because I'm trying to think it out. But when it doesn't count, that's when I'm brave. <laughs> no, it's because I'm trying to think of the best way to, you know, just like the whole fence sitter thing. I'm mm-hmm. often called the fence sitter, not because I am weak or a coward. It's because I'm considering two options and I want to make the, a good decision and not just not just go blindly into what's the most compelling. Not you know? blindly. It's just sometimes you have to make a decision and stand Right, but it. I like information to make decisions. So if, yeah, but you never fully make a decision on one side or the other. You always say, well, it could be this way. And That's not be, true. I make, I make firm right, decisions. Let's, we don't have to go down like this today, road. Today is going to be an excellent episode. That is a decision I've landed on. Okay. <laughs> That's a good... Yeah. And today, so if we haven't clarified it enough, today is about the shadows of ancient lost technology from past civilizations unyet known to man. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and we're going to look at evidence that points to the existence of both ancient civilizations, modern civilizations, if you will, uh, in a time much, much earlier than we supposedly had uh, modern civilizations in this world. I'm glad we're finally getting to this topic. Yeah. Uh, and also evidence of um, modern homo sapien humans existing much, much further back than we thought. And those two are kind of different topics that you could spend a whole series of episodes on. Right. Like the idea that uh, modern man existed for millennia and millennia before modern mainstream science says, and that could be its own topic, but that ties in with what we're talking about today, which is that these advanced civilizations lost uh, ancient technology. These things might have existed uh, a long, long time ago. Right. Well, right. well before, <laughs> I said that very well. Well before, well before uh, our mainstream right. idea of when these things have existed, and if ma- if modern man existed that long ago, millions of years, perhaps millions of years ago, then why not 
advanced civilizations created by the hands of modern man. Or, Chris, you might speculate, reptilian humanoids. Well, not not even that, but I mean, just briefly, I'm going to get into the idea of advanced civilizations existing before humankind on this planet. Because it's very possible in the long breadth of time that this world has existed that we've only been around for a little bit of that, you know. And we could have had cataclysms from then to now, from the beginning to now, that could have wiped out multiple industrial civilizations. Well, that ties into the idea of what the Hopi and the other Native peoples, Native America, who talked about the the ant people. The ant people, that I think it was like the ant people had... I should have looked into this right before the show, but they basically helped usher in civilization to humankind, but they were the ant people. And they lived, I think, underground. Yeah, we talked about that on our Inner Earth episode. Right. And then the cataclysms that came, like, once by fire, once by water, the, the way that the world would end and then be reborn with different types of creatures that would manifest upon its earthy visage. Mm. Yeah. Earthy visage. <laughs> A um, memoir by Jeremy. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to get into that. Uh, this Jeremy's def- earthy visage. That's <laughs> <laughs> what his visage. lady used to call his part. What? The visage is like your countenance, right? It's like your yeah. your presence. Yeah, you mm-hmm. could, just your face. You could your call whole- it a visage. Yeah. My downstairs visage. Your <laughs> downstairs weird. vestigial visage. Oh my goodness. That was bizarre. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so... To get back into the advanced ancient civilizations that we've we've lost to history, I mean, one of the common examples people point to is the Nazca lines, right? Oh, and snore. We should cover those sometime. <laughs> Chris says snore and John says we I should just, cover. Like, I went really heavy into that in about eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I'm, it's because it is it is still interesting, and they're they're discovering more. They found more. Lines. I mean, why is it just because it's old? Do you? Just because you heard it so much? Just because yeah, just because it's. It, I mean, but it's not uninteresting. It's just because one of the first things I was really so into. the Nazca lines, just real quick, are. Like old lines, where do they find them? Nazca, Peru, I believe it is. And it's basically, they're they're really straight. Isn't that the whole well, premise that they couldn't have been made by nature? Well, the well, they know they're not made by nature. The, the idea is that they would have had to have had an aerial view to create oh, okay. them the way that they did. Oh, well, that's pretty interesting if yeah. you haven't heard of them yet. They're pictographs, or they're, they're picture forms in the earth that right. people oh. carved into the... See, that's fascinating. And you can only see them from the sky, and that's what's so fascinating I mean, that just them. blows... I mean, there could be other reasons for that, but it seems pretty likely that they're being viewed from, from the sky. From, from the sky. Yeah. So that right in itself is a pretty interesting depiction of history. We're talking right. giants, we're talking monkeys, we're talking spiders, all kinds of things that are drawn into the earth. A candelabra, I think it looks like in one. This one looks like an alien, which is why a lot of people suggest that it's an alien. Right. Uh, that's who they've been there for a long time. Like, come on down to earth. But you know, who knows some of these advanced civilizations. And that's one of the things I would argue is that they might come from the inner earth, the hollow earth. There's a lot of mythological texts, historical texts that point to beliefs in that specifically. Here's a quick idea. Yeah. Could it be because they believed in gods like the sun and, and maybe they just made them? See, that would be the sort of the academic viewpoint of that. And it makes total sense. Yeah. I think one of the more, um, you know, you get a lot of, quote, ancient alien theorists, you, you know, they have shows and stuff, but their argument is, oh, they made these four people viewing of like extraterrestrials or they were their, they were the gods, like come land here, maybe they're landing points. But um, obviously, even if it's just more of the uh, accepted idea of, you know, their gods from that time period, from their culture, they weren't off world or anything. Um, still, the question is, how did they have the uh, foresight or how did they have the perspective the bird's to, eye view. to design them on ground level to create such large pictographs? It'd be yeah. pretty tough to do. I, I mean, mean if, but if they're making like pyramids and stuff. I don't know if they had pyramids in Oh, is this Peru. a different time? They, they might have. Well, yeah, they have the Machu Picchu. I mean, they have like pyramid-like structures. 
I really hope it's Peru because I just said it was. I mean, it makes sense that yeah. they're, it's being viewed from the sky somehow. Maybe they had little flying... Uh... Oh, there is a theory, actually, in this book uh, I have here. I wasn't even going to talk about this on the show today, but I have this book, Mystic Places, uh, by the, what is it, the Life Book series of mysteries. Oh, yeah, it's a great series. Bizarre anomalies. But they talk about how Von Donegat, who is kind of the grandfather of the, uh, the ancient aliens idea, and that the Nazca people were... Chariots of the Gods, right? Right. Chariots of the Gods was the book he wrote. Uh, so he believed that, yeah, they had something to do with extraterrestrials coming, flying in and seeing these things. But then you, there was a local businessman, I think his name was like Woodland or Woodward. I could flip open to the book. We'll have this in the show notes, even though I wasn't going to talk about it. Uh, but here it is. He believed that uh, they actually had made their own craft. They were an advanced civilization. Oh, right. And this is what? Pre-Incan, right? The Nazca people were pre-Incan. So that old. And they had, what this guy believed is that they had... This random business Airships. <laughs> they had like balloons. Yeah, but he actually built one. Oh, okay. He built one based off of... Um, uh, oh, gosh. I didn't, wasn't planning. I'm not even going to try to get right, into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe for another episode, we'll get into Nazca lines. But uh, basically, the man had used materials they would have had at the time based on certain archaeological artifacts, the linens that they used. And he built like a balloon ship, like, yeah. like a hot air balloon. And he used a burn pit with the smoke to... Uh, levitate his balloon over the Nazca oh, planes. That'd be fascinating. And then he could see, and he he believed firmly that they created the technology, the yeah. ships to fly over and look at well, the... Well, it's not impossible. No, it's definitely possible. And that's, I mean, you all the cultures we're going to touch on today and all these interesting... Some of these anomalies are like that, where they're like, well, maybe they had some sort of flying craft and they just didn't write about it. Right. Some of them are a little more uh, mind-blowing yeah. that we're going to get into, like a nanotechnology from 300,000 years ago. Discovered in the 90s. That's pretty that crazy. Yeah. If that's true. Potentially nanotechnology. Okay. Well, let's get into some of that. Let's set, let's set the scene up a little bit here. To set the stage, predominant story that everyone knows about an ancient civilization that is lost to time, the most famous is, of course, what? Say it with me now. Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody knows about it. I think most people know about Atlantis. Right. So we're not going to dive deep into it, but did you right. want to set the stage with Atlantis? And yeah. Well, like the... it's just, I think it's a good way to open because, you know, Atlantis, I'm just going to quickly summarize for anybody that doesn't know, uh, was brought to us. The oldest written record was from Plato. 400 BC, he wrote about this ancient civilization that was annihilated uh, by itself, destroyed itself, basically. Well, it was taken underwater, right? It's got to the height of like ego and self-indulgence, right, right, but right. then the, with the gods destroyed it, was that the well, idea? Well, the, the interesting thing about it to me is that he, you know, Plato knew nothing about the Ice Age. He knew nothing about glacier melt or anything like that. But somehow he placed the story of Atlantis being destroyed at 12,000 years ago, right around the time that the glaciers melted and flooded a good chunk of the world. 12,000 years ago from today or from when he lived? And was it 400? 12,000 years ago from today, around there, like 11,007. Well, that's, so about that's, 10, when the, that's when the Ice Age ended. But he put it around that same time period, which is fascinating. And there's a, you know, I read a statistic, and this was like in the 90s. So this is outdated today. But back in the 90s, we had already discovered at least 1,200 cities submerged underwater in just the Mediterranean. So it's just kind of out, it's just kind of painting the idea that there's a lot of uh, cultures that we're still discovering that are that predate cultures that we've been studying. And we're finding all the time that cultures we thought have a certain place in history are being pushed back, Right. you know, thousands of years. Well, that's interesting because, well, first let me say on Atlantis, the, you said that it's fascinating because it was at the time of the Ice Age, right? Or the melting of the glacial ice. Right. Why that's important is because supposedly this this island sunk into the waters, which right. would be due to sea level rise, perhaps, or some cataclysm. The cataclysm mm -hmm. of what the younger drives? Climate change? 
climate change? Well, this would be an early form of it for sure. Probably all their Atlantis's carbon emissions from cars. Yeah, Atlantean flying ca- <laughs> carbon cars. Maybe. Yeah, the when the glacial melt happened, the world sea level rose 400 feet. So you have all these cities that were there that were submerged. But we're going to go even further back and talk about civilizations that might have existed well before we have record. Yeah. Well, and this is an important point because right now, according to mainstream archaeology, science, what have you, and Wikipedia, this little anecdote here, civilization officially began in 3100 BC, so about 5,000 years ago, you know, in the cradle of civilization, right? Mesopotamia. They haven't updated this yet? That seems like it's already been outdated. Yeah, that's that's still what it's listed as. 3100 is the early, but then we know... Gobekli Tepe. Tepe. The problem is with Gobekli Tepe is you don't have, other than that, if you guys know what Gobekli Tepe is, it's a, it's a large uh, structure, huge, it's a hugantic structure. Hugantic. <laughs> uh, oh my. John, you know what Gobekli Tepe is, right? Uh, I've heard of it. I think they've dated that back to about 10,000 years. Our friend Pat gave us a book. Does that we need to do an have episode. anything to do with Quetzalcoatl? Uh, no, different, uh, different culture. Different. Yeah. Gobekli Tepe is in Turkey, right? Yeah. Gobekli Tepe is in Turkey and it's essentially uh, a bunch of gigantic stones in circles on this hill. It was like a hilltop. It was it was buried, right? Yeah, that's uh, purposely that's buried. Something you see mirrored around the world. These circle stones, right? But they're gig- they're huge. We should do an episode on Gobekli Tepe at some point. That's not the point of this show today. But they have these reliefs of animals on these gigantic stones. The point is, is that this could not have been made. The argument is that it would take a civilization, right? Because you need, you, first of all, you need the organization, you need agriculture because you need to be able to feed the people, the workers that are building these, constructing these giant circles of these massive stones. Um, but there's no evidence, there's no tools yeah. found at the, at the location. Well, it's funny because they, because of this find, this is relatively recent, the past few years that when they discovered this, they've pushed back the idea that humankind advanced to agriculture and forming in, in groups and moving away from hunter-gatherer. They used to say that was uh, much more recent. But when they found this site, they had to say, well, they had to adjust things to say, well, maybe 12,000 is this the beginning site, of civilization? They keep pushing it back. This because site's they keep dated finding from, things. what, 10 to 12,000 years old? Right? Yeah. That's the same age that uh, Robert Schock dates the Sphinx to, I believe. Yeah. Due to Which he was called a, a crackpot because he had that idea. And they're like, there's no way that the Sphinx could be that old. There was no advanced, uh, there were no civilizations that could have organized and formed something like this. And then they discover this and everybody has to eat their words a little yeah. bit. But anyway, so that's just a little taste of the different civilizations here that seem to poke holes at our understanding of how recently civilization has developed on the earth. Right. And we're finding new stuff all the time. All right, Chris, what did you bring to the table here? Do you want to jump into the, some of this fascinating stuff here with the nanotech? Is that what you're going to? Creepy about the nanotech. Well, it's, cr- it's crazy to think that it could have existed no. that long ago. I mean, to me, it's not surprising just because we looked at this so much. It is but crazy to think that, you know, things that were just on the cusp of, like, could at have least developed mainstream. Before. Yeah, could have been already. Yeah, that kind of gets us into the first thing I want to talk about real quick, just the idea that, you know, it's easy to think about ancient civilizations, like buried structures and ruins, even things submerged like we've been talking about, you know, maybe 10,000 years old or something. But you start to consider the idea that there were civilizations that could have existed on this planet before humankind was even around. Who knows what developed, what creatures developed and, and formed societies well back millions of years ago. And that's an interesting idea. And I came across... You're talking this, about upright walking... Draculinoids? Maybe. Rep- maybe, dinos- maybe dinosaur people. Perhaps. Who knows? The point is that... Dinosaurs aren't real. <laughs> Chris is like, I don't want to mention the I word. I want dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are real. Dinosaurs are real. They were just upright walking. They're still around, man. Now they live in caves and control the elite through a holographic... <laughs> don't uh, you remember our Kelly and Bembe episode? Holographic imaging activated. Totes real. 
I don't, I don't know, know either way. I think there's a lot of fraud in the early... Well, we'll do a dino yeah, yeah, hoax yeah. episode at some point. I don't want to give up my Jurassic Park. I don't either. I don't want to give it up either. I just, I don't know for sure. I can live in two worlds. I live there's in both people realities. I respect that, that don't think that they're real, but who knows? Yeah, I, mean, I think 100% they're, I like they're real. To live in both, <laughs> I like to live in both worlds. I like, live in both worlds too. See, we'll take opposites on this. I will firmly sit on the dinosaur side. It figures. See, I, I like to be the fence hopper. Like, I just like to, to play in each side. Yeah, I, can, you know? I like doing that for this for this particular topic. Yeah. And something like the Flat Earth, I can entertain Absolutely. the idea without having to fully commit on exactly. that one. I mean, but I don't really know either way. That's the point. You can't know. Well, I mean, in, in a lot of regards stuff. to the unknowing, that's what we're talking about right now, this idea of there potentially being civilizations that were advanced, highly advanced, industrial civilizations like that we live in today, could have existed millions of years right. ago. And before we get into some potential evidence of that, I just wanted to mention an article I read that kind of referenced this exact topic. So this came from The Atlantic, from an article called, Was There a Civilization on Earth Before Humans? Nope. <laughs> That's going to do it for today. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to direct evidence of an industrial civilization, things like cities, factories, and roads, the geological record doesn't go back past what's called the Quaternary Period, 2.6 million years ago. For example, the oldest large-scale stretch of ancient surface lies in the Negev Desert, it's just 1.8 million years old. Older surfaces are mostly visible in cross-section via something like a cliff face or rock cuts. I almost said rock guts. I guess it's kind of true too. Go back much further than the Quaternary and everything has been turned over and crushed to dust. So could researchers find clear evidence that an ancient species built a relatively short-lived industrial civilization long before our own? Perhaps. There are fossils, of course, but the fraction of life that gets fossilized is always minuscule and varies a lot depending on time and habitat. It would be easy, therefore, to miss an industrial civilization that lasted only 100,000 years, which would be 500 times longer than our industrial civilization has made it so far. I thought that was interesting. It, oh. it puts it into perspective. Like if we went on for another, you know, five times the length that we've already been around and as an industrial society, we could be missed. You know, if the planet survives the next million years of culture looking back, might not be able to find us if there was a catastrophe in between then and now. Well, so we have no geological record beyond 2.6 million years. Surface geography or geology. So like basically desert, like you can, you know what I mean? You can oh. see further in rock roll. I was going to say. Hard yeah. to comprehend those time frames. It is. Eh, that's pretty easy. But I think, but I think that's what's... <laughs> pretty easy in my big brain. <laughs> I think that's what's fascinating about this topic is like, it just gives you an idea. It reminds me of like some sort of uh, statistic about space, like how many millions of galaxies are there and how many stars within that galaxy right. really be possible planets. We also have to consider too, and this is kind of out there in a different sort of topic direction, but um, the dating problem, you know, like they're like always- relationship? Well, yeah, the dating, I have a lot of trouble there. <laughs> uh, no, there's a lot of issues with, um, you know- Oh, carbon dating challenge stuff. carbon dating and also rock layer dating. Um, I've heard some interesting arguments. Uh, maybe we could talk about another episode. Maybe Jeremy's crazy corner. Are you, you're just trying to destroy my point no, right No, not at all. No, no, no. I just have to bring it up as like an alternative I thought because I might do this in a crazy corner or something because it's interesting. But the idea that like, we say that these rocks are this old and- now it makes sense with the whole dinosaurs aren't real. <laughs> creationists are real. No, there. no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like you, we kind of say that, but I, I, I think it's an interesting idea to look into because we just take it for granted. We don't, we're not geologists. Some of you guys out there might be geologists and I'd like you to write in because I'd like to know more you're about probably this. probably gasping for breath as we talk about <laughs> yeah. this. Overwhelmed with... Uh, Anger and anxiety. Out outrage. Right. Well, I'm not saying that it's not right. I'm just saying, it. you know, the idea that like we take for granted so many things about 
modern day science, like the idea that like we can look at these layers in the rock. We've there's no way that we could ever know for sure. We haven't seen them form. Right. Like, oh, this I watched this form eight million years ago. You know, it's we kind of look at it and we make our kind of scientific guesses. But there's I think even in the scientific communities, there's disagreement and debate on how accurate this dating method even is. But and it, I, it's like that's how the problem with a lot of science too is like their the paradigm forms and then when you disagree with that it's paradigm, hard to break out of that. People get ostracized and, right. and they so careers are on the line. Things get molded into place when they're not necessarily accurate. Right. And so you're right. Like it even if there are scientists that disagree with stuff, it's it's hard to really know because they don't ever make it out into the world of the living. Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't make it because they can't get in the peer reviewed papers because it's too out there. Yeah. Science is a religion, has become a religion. Right. Well that's probably like scientific I think scientific uh the scientific method and scientific approach is really important. And we should allow that to happen along with, you know, people who come up with alternative ideas using that same kind of method. Mm -hmm, and right. also understand that, like, you know, if you're supposed to challenge stuff and it's not supposed to be a personal philosophy. Like, I'm an evolutionist, therefore, you know, I get pissed if you talk to me about anything that puts down evolution. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Like, you, there, that always goes back to that. Like, we should yeah. be able to talk about this stuff. So, right, guys? Yeah. Um, but sorry, that was off topic. Yeah, the only um, time we shouldn't talk about it is when I'm about to make a point oh, and relate sorry, to that fact. About to make a point. <laughs> Anyways, about this rock dating, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that just makes me think of you know, the possibilities of the civilizations that might have been here before. I think right. that's, the, that's the main point. That's the interesting thing. And well, absolutely. Another thing I came across just really quick, it brings into mind, you know, you hear about Mars and like, was there a civilization there at one point? And I came across this interesting quote about that. Are you tossing roadblocks out in this episode? Just because you know I'll pick them up. No. Mars backward is SRAM. See, I didn't want to bring it up. John brought it Damn up. Damn it, Mike. We all know what SRAM Point is means. out the window now. <laughs> SRAM. What do you have a problem with Mars now? Gee, Lordy. Well, as a, a planetoid with uh, life existing on it? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to mention Flat Earth. I'll just say that. You literally just Jeremy's did. whole worldview is... <laughs> you can't have one conversation without no, you. No, I'm, I'm entertaining it. Go ahead. I was just making a joke. I'm entertaining it. Go ahead. Mars. I'm just making a joke. I'm making a joke. Making a joke. <laughs> well, funny enough, Jeremy, I gave you this quote to read. This is from an astronomer at Pennsylvania State University. His name is Jason Wright. Here's his quote. Okay. Comes from Scientific American. Look, 200 years ago, the question of whether there might be a civilization on Mars was a legitimate one. But once the pictures came out from interplanetary probes, that was settled for good. And that view became ingrained. And so now it's not a valid topic for scientific inquiry. It's considered ridiculous but no one's ever put the actual scientific limits on it, on what may have happened a long time ago on that red Anytime ball. you start a sentence with look or folks, <laughs> right, starting just off on the wrong foot. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with this point. I, that's why I put it in there. Yeah, The idea that there could have been, just like Earth, there could right. have been a civilization a long time ago. You know, when we put those probes out, what was it, the 70s or 80s, whatever, the first time we started getting good pictures of Mars... Well, even before that, I guess, you know, back in you know, a couple hundred years ago, they used to look up at Mars and see these canals. And that's where we right. got War of the Worlds, that great book from H.G. Wells, you know, where this idea like, is there a civilization? A lot of Martians, a big part of the country believed that there was a civilization living on Mars. They would do these intricate drawings of the Martian surface. They thought they had canal systems. We probably talked about this before. But so when we sent these probes up, we're like, oh, man. No life. There must yeah. there must be a dead planet, like NASA would tell us. The right, truth. and now we're discovering more things about like running water on Mars, things like that. It goes back to this idea of like maybe millions of years ago there was a civilization that could have existed there, and then for some reason was destroyed. We know that happens with civilizations, right? Um, Assuming that yes, Mars is a planet spinning in space. That's definitely completely possible. This guy Jason Wright uh, also wrote a paper about like if we're going to look for ancient civilizations, ancient 
uh, technologically advanced civilizations, we should be looking at the moon, Mars, orbit, you know, Black Knight satellite, anybody? But looking for Black places Knight where satellite. they might have survived a catastrophe if they had gotten that advanced. It's an interesting yeah. way to look at, but I will say... I would say in Earth more likely. But. I will say you're kind of on target with that look, you know, yeah. thought, because... You know, these, the articles I'm quoting from, just full disclosure here, at the end, they're always like, probably not, right. you know, probably not, but this is, this is an interesting idea, but it usually always goes into, you know, probably not. Right. More of the negative outlook. I, I like to look at the opposite. So what about the nanotech? Because that, that got my ear. Oh, yeah. Tickling. Nanotech, nanotech, it's fun for me and you. It's not your best, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Better than your biomenon. Yeah, so this is one of the more fascinating things I came across. Looking for evidence of ancient high technology. This comes from the Epoch Times by Leonardo Vinti. Ancient nanostructures found in Ural Mountains. Is it Ural or Ural? Ural Mountains? Ural Mountains. I think that's where the Tale of Pass incident happened, right? That sounds right. Okay, Ural Mountains. It is in Russia. Are out of place and time. An O-part, or out-of-place artifact is a term applied to dozens of prehistoric objects found in various places around the world that, given their level of technology, are completely at odds with their determined age based on physical, chemical, and or geological evidence. Oparts often are frustrating to conventional scientists, surprise, and a delight to adventurous investigators like <laughs> us and individuals interested in alternative scientific theories. Well, that's true. I'm interested. In 1991, the appearance of extremely tiny coil-shaped artifacts found near the banks of Russia's Kozim Narada and Balbanyu rivers brought about a debate that has continued to this day. These mysterious and minuscule structures suggest that there may have been a culture capable of developing nanotechnology 300,000 years ago. Yeah, next time, don't read it like you're on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the language just informs that dialect. It does. John? These manufactured coils were initially discovered during geological research associated with the extraction of gold in the Ural Mountains. These pieces include spirals, shafts, and other unidentified components. While the largest of these objects measure 1.18 inches, the smallest are only one one ten thousandth of an inch. One ten thousandth. That's the nano. I said one. You I? said one one ten thousandth. It's one ten thousandth. One ten thousandth of an inch. That's hard to say. It is. Well, good pronunciation on that, though. Really got to jam it. <laughs> and many exhibit golden mean proportions. Their shape suggests that they are manufactured and not naturally occurring metal fragments. In fact, they have been found to closely resemble the same miniature components of contemporary nanotechnology. Fascinating. Yeah, we'll have pictures of this in the show notes. That's are those real photos? Yeah, John, check it out. Look at that. Yeah, I saw that. So they measure anywhere from what, what they say an eighth of an inch to one ten thousandth of an inch. Yeah, coils, spirals, and, and shafts. check out the time period that these that these the, they're sitting in the strata in the in the soil. In 1996, Dr. E. W. Metvajeva from the Central Scientific Research Department of Geology and Exploitation of Precious Metals in Moscow, writes that despite being thousands of years old, the components are of a technological origin. The pieces were found at a depth between 10 and 40 feet in a geological stratus between 20,000 and 318,000 years old. How were humans able to manufacture such tiny components in the distant past, and what were they used for? 
Some believe that the coils proved the human race enjoyed a sophisticated level of technology in the Pleistocene era, while others assert that their findings are the work of extraterrestrials. Of course, that's the argument you hear all the time. It's always humans are extraterrestrials. Right. What about the upright walking reptoid people that built Iron Man suits out of right. nanotechnology and we're finding the remnants? I mean, how old does humankind, at least as far as we know right now, go back? Modern Homo sapien. 300,000 they've pushed it to. It used to just be, what, like 180,000 Okay, now? so they've found this at a depth of 318,000 years ago. Right. Just before the beginning of modern Homo sapien, right. they found these advanced nanotech-like fashioned metallic coils. Machine parts, basically. Machine parts, yeah. They look like, yeah, nano engine parts, basically. Very, very odd. Yeah, they do not look naturally made. Right, not at all. The fascinating stuff. Uh, do you guys want to take a quick break? Sure. Let's take a break, and when we get back, guys, we are going to get into some more evidence of forgotten history of mankind and the world. We're going to find more ancient artifacts where they shouldn't be. They should not exist. And these will continue to poke holes in our mainstream idea, our current model of human civilization or civilization in general on the Earth. Courageous man. I am a courageous man. Courageous man. I am a courageous man. Courageous man. I got a lot of courage. There are situations where I, I kind of freeze. In conflict. In conflict. I am a courageous man. I got a lot of courage. In conflict. In conflict. Hello, listeners. We're back and better than ever. I had a very strange thing happen to me on the break, John. What's that? I've been waiting to tell you mm -hmm. since we hit record. I was in your kitchen. Swear to God, this happened in your kitchen just now. I don't know how I could explain this. I was at your sink, and I was about to swallow a nutrient supplement. Uh -huh. You know, one of those horse-shaped pills. Mm -hmm. You know, big guy. And it slips out of my hand, falls past your little cupboard under the sink there, stops, mm. and goes up for like probably one second, not long, but it went like this. It went like a little umbrella shape, like the handle of an umbrella went in midair and stopped and then fell. You didn't seem very shocked when you came he up here. He was shocked when I, I was down Trying there. to hold it back. I mean, I went, the first thing I thought was like, okay, what, is there a spider web here? It, like in front of your sink? You sure it wasn't an optical illusion? No, because it it would be if it looked like it disappeared or something, but it stopped and moved, moved up and went down again. And it wasn't like it bounced off something. It went and like... Stationary, hung. hung in the air like stasis. Like, like it was in a web. You thought. Yeah, it was bizarre, very bizarre. And I went down, like fell for a spider web or something, and somehow maybe a, a strand of a, a cobweb or something caught it and then lifted it and then held it for a moment what do and you, then just dropped what it. What do you make of that? I don't know. Just one of those weird things that happened. Is it like a glitch in the matrix? Maybe. I'll probably remember it forever, but it'll, I'll never like, it's one of those, it's such a fleeting thing. You're like, ah, uh, it's something Chris, weird. Chris did freak out when I was down there because I was in the room. He's like, like, what really? the bleep was that? <laughs> what the F ever? Weird. It's, it's one of those things, like even now in my mind, like I can't explain it, but of course my mind is saying. It's almost too weird to even believe it in your own mind. Right, exactly. So I'm like, something has to, like, uh, I don't know. Gravity forgot to work fully. Yeah. It was It was strange. That's that is all I'll weird. Say. I think a ghost caught Maybe it. Maybe we're moving into like a different density in the earth or something. Maybe. What if we all just start floating? I think <laughs> just now. That'd be cool. It'd be terrifying. That would be scary. That's always been my biggest fear. If you're floating up falling, into the sky. The yeah. opposite way. Falling, falling into up. space. Yeah. And we covered that. Uh, we talked about that on an episode. There's a term for that when you're afraid of open sky. It's kind of like agoraphobia, but it's the fear of basically gravity turning off and you're just floating up into the yeah. sky. Mm -hmm. That's why I choose not to believe in it. 
Gravity? Yeah. Gravity. <laughs> All right, well, you know, get back to it, Jer. You had some stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's get more into some evidence of forgotten history. Evidence of forgotten history. That was good. Yeah, solid. This is like a Mega Man. Solid, uh, like He-Man. I'm starting to feel a little loopy. It's going to be a drinking game the kids play Oh, we got a lot to get through. All right. The first one comes from Oklahoma. It is an iron cup or pot, depending on different parts of the story. We're covering an iron cup or pot? I know, Chris. You're not excited about this one because it's just a boring old cup or pot. Human artifact, but... The time it comes from is what makes it compelling. Oh, the time, t- timing system that you don't even believe in. The dating system well, that you think is flawed. This better have magical properties, this, this could, cup or pot. This could prove an ancient civilization or it could disprove our dating system. That's oh, kind of how these things great. go, right? Uh, John, you're going to start us off there. On January 10th, 1949, Robert Nordling... Oh, hello. ...sent... A little <laughs> shout out to Jeffrey Nord. Uh, Nordlinger sent a photograph of an iron cup to Frank L. Marsh of Andrews University. Nordling wrote, I visited a friend's museum in Southern Missouri. Among his curiosities, he had the iron cup pictured on the enclosed snapshot. At the private museum, the iron cup had been displayed along with the following affidavit made by Frank J. Kenwood of Sulphur Springs, Arkansas on November 27, 1948. Quote, while I was working in the municipal electric plant in Thomas, Oklahoma in 1912, I came upon a solid chunk of coal, which was too large to use. I broke it with a sledgehammer. The iron pot fell from the center, leaving the impression or mold of the pot in the piece of coal. Jim Stahl, an employee of the company, witnessed the breaking of the coal and saw the pot fall out. I traced the source of the coal and found that it came from the Wilburton, Oklahoma mines, end quote. According to Robert O. Fay of Oklahoma Geological Survey, the Wilburton mine coal is about 312 million years old. So if the story is true, it suggests that this pot or iron cup or whatever it was had the coal encompassed around it, meaning that it existed before the coal had formed. And that coal at that mine dates back to 312 million years ago, which would suggest, if this is true, that some hands had crafted that iron pot or cup over 312 million years ago. I mean, that is that's, interesting. That's Evidence, crazy. world changed. You're welcome. But it's, <laughs> I still feel like, I guess because I, Chris doesn't care because it's a cup. It's oh, a cup. It's, it's a pot. A, it's a pot. Who, why? why? I mean, it's still, it's obviously, it's interesting. Just the, the, what it, you want to be like suggests. a UFO or something? No, but we just, we, we probably should have started with nanotechnology because I'm just expecting like high technology. Well, I'm just back in the, I know, no, you're story. good. 314 million years ago though? Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's impressive. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's now 500 million years ago I mean, with that's nanotechnology. so but... far away from the accepted timeline oh, of yeah. what's happened Millions. on this earth. Well, that's, it goes back to that we talked about earlier. Like, could there have been uh, even non-human civilizations, industrial civilizations that made pots 300 million years ago and then were wiped that out? made pots and then were wiped out. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're just starting to dig into the earth here, guys. Chris, you want to read the next one here? Oh, you and your puns. Uh, here's another really fascinating uh, thing that was discovered. <laughs> Oh, Chris doesn't like this. Let's give this one. Metallic tubes. <laughs> okay, let's give this one. Okay. Well, these look like, these are metallic, metallic tubes, essentially. They look like they've been man-machined. Right, right. And they are from 65 million years old uh, sediment. Cho- uh, chalk, chalk, in chalk France. bed in France. Okay, so interesting. Years. It'll be in the show notes. We'll skip it because Chris is bored. Yep. Uh, let's go to, this is a famous one. John, you can start off with this one. This is the story or the description of the grooved spheres from South Africa, which you may have seen pictures oh, of, yes, you may have the, heard of. John, these. just for, just for uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to have you read it and then I'll show you a picture because I don't want you to get excited. Uh, I'm going to use my super intriguing voice on this one. Good, it needs it. 
Over the past several decades, South African miners have found hundreds of metallic spheres, at least one of which has three parallel grooves running around its equator. According to an article by J. Jimison, the spheres are of two types, one of solid bluish metal with white flecks and another which is a hollow ball filled with a white spongy center. Rolf Marx, curator of the museum Klerksdorp, South Africa, <laughs> where some of the spheres are housed, said, the spheres are a complete mystery. They look man-made. Yet at the time in Earth's history, when they came to rest in this rock, no intelligent life existed. They're nothing like I have ever seen before. Fascinating. I say your voice is reminiscent of the guy from History's Mysteries. Was it? Yeah, it was I, I was imagining uh, some young vampire showing me around his uh, <laughs> museum of strange artifacts That's or something. Okay. If you'll look to my left, <laughs> look I here, have Rolf. the first uh, gold-covered body that I drank the life from. Gold-covered? <laughs> well, I, I gold-emblazed like him in gold. Did? Yeah, Like your first baby gold. shoes? But yes. your human body that you You can even see the marks where I got him in the neck. <laughs> where I got him in the neck. <laughs> All right, Rolf Marx stated in a letter from September 1984, quote, There is nothing scientific published about the globes, but the facts are they are found in pyrophyllite, which is mined near the little town of Ottostal in the western Transvaal. This priol... Man, this is a heavy paragraph. <laughs> this priophyllite is a quite soft secondary mineral with a count of only three on the Mohs scale and was formed by sedimentation about 2.8 billion years ago. Wow, that's a long time ago. On the other hand, the globes, which have a fibrous structure on the inside of a shell around it, are very hard and cannot be scratched even by steel. So uh, the, obviously the implication there is if they can't be scratched by steel, how did they get this form of this groove around? Right, exactly. Yeah, so the skeptical explanation. Um, okay, so Marx wrote a letter and he said that uh, A. Biscoff, a professor of geology at the University of Pochestrum, uh, if I read that right, told him that the spheres were limonite concretions. Now, limonite is a kind of iron ore. A concretion is a compact, rounded rock mass formed by localized concentration around a nucleus. So the idea is that these were formed naturally, right? Mm -hmm. That's the skeptical argument. The problem with the limonite. And by the way, all this information comes from a book called Hidden History of the Human Race, which is really good by Michael Cremo and another fellow. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, Richard L. Thompson. We'll have in the show notes. And his argument that the problem with limonite concretions is that they only have a hardness of 4 to 5.5 on the Mohs scale, while the metallic spheres cannot be scratched with a steel point. Right. So they're much softer. So they should be scratchable with a steel point. So that, that doesn't really explain it. Also, limonite concretions usually occur like in groups um, like like soap what bubbles, not individually. Limonite. What's we'll that again? Limonite concretions or limonite limonite. I'm not sure how you pronounce limonite it. Limonite concretions. Yeah, it sounds like it's like secretions of concrete. Yeah, concretions. I guess that's kind of what they are, or what they're saying. Has they anyone are. seen my limonite concretions? <laughs> I let them to Ted. I and never brought them, them back at my front door, and I can't find them anywhere. Limonite concretions. That's a great word. So these were how old, Chris? These these Honey, stones. Have you seen my limonite concretions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so these limonite concretions were <laughs> are 2.8 billion years old, supposedly. Yeah. 2.8 billion years well, old. When was the Earth oh, John, I was going to show you a created. picture because I know it's a funny word, but you need to see what these things look like. We'll have this in the show notes. Oh, that's the thing. And this this episode is definitely a very visual episode. So we probably should have said this at the beginning, but definitely check the show notes out at our website, bleeful.com, podcast notes. You here. too can see the limonite concretions. <laughs> that is a fun word to say. Say it with me now. 
people listening say it. Limonite concretions. It's fun. I promise. Maybe that should be a Patreon tier. <laughs> a limonite concretion you are. Those look like bocce balls. Isn't that weird? Is that a limonite concretion? Three billion years old. That's 3.3 billion years old. Yeah. 3.2 billion years old. That's ridiculous. Or no, 2.8. 2.8 billion. Oh, no, that's no, believable. No yeah. one knows that. <laughs> that's what they say. That's uh, what they say. But look, but I'm saying that these, they look man-shaped, carved. These just... Not man-shaped. They look man-made. Well, man man honed into shape. I mean, man-shaped into the spherical structure, right, with these cur- curved lines. Could have been natural. Someone has a picture of the Death Star next to it. I like that. That's funny. Oh, yeah, there's another one. It does look like the Death Star. That's weird. Bizarre. Yeah, those are bizarre. Uh, they look like man-created, you know, or man-made, if you will. But who knows? Maybe not. But these are one of the more interesting ones to look at, I feel like. You've got another fascinating thing discovered coming up, right? Okay, now this is. This is this is interesting. We're evolving from the stone circle. Yeah, we'll get through these because I know you're not as interested because there's no high tech in here, but it's all about the dating, right. if the dating is accurate. This comes from um, uh, England, actually. In a report delivered to the British Association for the Advancement of Science in 1881, H. Slopes, FGS, fellow of the Geological Society, described a shell, the surface of which bore a carving of a crude but unmistakably human face. Hmm? The carved shell was found in the stratified deposits of the Red Crag, which is between 2 and 2.5 million years old. What? Is there a picture of this? Uh, well, let's look it at It had to second. be pretty, pretty detailed. Not like one of those Jesus faces, faces right. in grilled cheese or something? Or a potato or, or whatever. just kind of yeah. like imagining it. Or a face in the clouds, you know. Marie C. Slopes, the discoverer's daughter, argued in an article in Geological Magazine in 1912 that the carved shell could not have been a forgery. Quote, it should be noted that the excavated features are as deeply colored red-brown as the rest of the surface. This is an important point because when the surface of the red crag shells are scratched, they show white below the color. It should also be noticed that the shell is so delicate that any attempt to carve it would merely shatter it. I would think so, being two million years old. End quote. One should keep in mind that in terms of conventional paleoanthropological opinion... That's an awesome word. I know. Paleoanthropological. Put that in your Scrabble book. (laughs) One does not encounter such works of art until time of fully modern Cro-Magnon man in the late Pleistocene, about 30,000 years ago. So can we see a picture of this real quick? Well, let's see if we can find it. Um... Red shell. Ooh, look at that. So that's... It, it looks of, like a jack-o'-lantern. It looks like a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> I was pushing to be I a little know, I was, more... Yeah, hum, unmistakable human face. I mean, that looks like... I mean, yeah, I guess. Is it that looks, a limonite concretion? No, John. You Keep were up, John. Somewhere else this last reading. I really like that word a lot. So it's just in your head. Now, this is the, the red shell that was found at a... This is a shell that's two, two million years old and un, has an unmistakable human face. That is not a human face. Yeah, it looks a little jack-o'-lantern. Come on, Jimmy. I mean, it's a carving. It does look carved, though. This, oh, is, this is what you yeah, brought to the carved. table. It does look carved. That's true. <laughs> it does. It does look sp- intentionally carved with the two eyes. There, there's definitely impressions. That's of that. highly possibly just done by nature. It's, it could have been made know. by nature. I'm not sure. Well, then again, they found it in. It's a shell. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing here, John, if you missed it, is that the mouth, the eyes, the nose here, whatever that is. Um, the nose hair? The nose here oh. uh, is carved. If it was carved, it must have been carved as old as the earth around it because it's the same color as the rest of the, the shell. Whereas when you usually carve these shell, you get a white, the white comes through from carving. So yeah, so it's real. And <laughs> let's see. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's I don't know. You can best evidence. 
Okay, this is not, we'll move on. A little disappointing. On okay, that one. we'll move on from the red shells. What do you guys think? The carved shell from the red crag in England. We'll leave, we'll put this in the show notes. I can't sure. believe you skipped the nail. I didn't skip it yet. I think you did. It's you? next. Oh, there's more? Yeah, this is the last one. Okay, and then we'll get into more fun stuff. Okay, Chris? Okay, by the way, this book, Hidden History of the Human Race, it's a, it's a freaking Bible of all of these accounts of these different pieces of evidence for human bones and footprints right. of modern what, man existing with the dinosaurs and earlier or whatever. It's what Michael Shermer would call a book of anomaly residue, which is right. basically, he has this term about anomaly residue of things that you should basically just ignore because there's not enough repeatable instances of these things to really pay attention right. to. He's it's the, not worth your time. He's the editor of what, Skeptic Magazine? Yeah, yeah. Skeptical guy? Um, anyways, yeah, so these might not be the best examples, honestly, like I didn't get a chance to filter through all of them and I kind of grabbed the ones that popped out at me as we were building out this show. But uh, yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes for this book, guys. I actually have a link to where you can kind of download the book if you want to, but I suggest actually buying it from Michael Cremo because he does good work. So we'll put those links in the show notes. This is the last one I have for you from an example of that book, but there's a lot of great ones. John, if you want to read this one, this is called Nail in Devonian Sandstone, Scotland. In 1844, Sir David Brewster reported that a nail had been discovered firmly embedded in a block of sandstone from the King Doodle Minfield. <laughs> King Goody. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Not even any Just as fun. In a block of sandstone from the King Doody. King Goody. <laughs> Goody. In King Goody Minelfield? Milnefield. Mil- Milnefield. Quarry in Scotland, Dr. A.W. Med of the British geological survey wrote in 1985 that this sandstone is of lower old red sandstone age devonian between 360 and 408 million years old brewster was a famous scottish physicist he was a founder of the british association for the advancement of science and made important discoveries in the field of optics in his report to the british association for the advancement of science brewster stated quote the particular block in which the nail was found was nine inches thick, and in proceeding to clear the rough block for dressing, the point of the nail was found projecting about half an inch, quite eaten with rust, into the till. The rest of the nail lying along the surface of the stone to within an inch of the head, which went right down into the body of the stone. Quote, the fact that the head of the nail was buried in the sandstone block would seem to rule out the possibility the nail had been pounded into the block after it was quarried. So basically the nail was there before the, that stone was ever quarried out of the, the quarry. Right. Which would make it millions of years old. 360 to 408 million years old that someone hammered a nine inch thick nail into a block of sandstone. Yeah, and you see these little- There's uh, a problem there. Yeah, you see these uh, instances of anomaly residue all throughout history. We have these little examples of this shouldn't be here. This is not from this time. This is not from this place. How is it here now? What can explain that? Right. Now, Wikipedia says to about the Kungudi artifact. I just Googled this. Uh, it ends with, there are, however- Few references to this object, and the mysteries surrounding its discovery were typical for the 19th century. Most such mysteries were resolved by the 20th century. Wait, so what? Basically, like, yeah, there's a lot of mysteries like this from this time period. You don't really have to look into them because most were were resolved. Thank you, Wikipedia. My mystery has now been extinguished, and my imagination and childlike curiosity for the world is (laughs) dead. Nothing to see. Nothing to see here. Evidence of forgotten history. Wow. You should put add like this guitar bend. There you go. Little John Bovey, John Bovey slide. John, John Bovey. Bon Jovi. John Bovey. <laughs> he goes by Bovey now. Does he? Yeah. It's like Prince. 
No. Uh-uh. Bovi. Yeah, you ever heard that? No. Because he started a cattle farm. So it's named after his bovines. <sighs> That's really bad. You yeah, joke true. So bad. I'm not joking. You are joking. I'll Google right now. Bovi. I don't want you to. This is so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, can we take a break? A quick break? Yeah, you just have the last part here, right? Just, yeah, we're, we're going to wrap up after this. In the break, though, we should play a clip from the upcoming Patreon. Ooh, the expansion episode. Yeah. Guys, if you are not an expansion tier patron yet, sign up. You get a bonus episode every time we drop a regular episode, and you get access to all of our previous expansion episodes and off-the-cuff recipes episodes. Well, before we go to break, do you want to play one of the stingers we have? Yeah, I'll play... Uh, this is for Taylor. Taylor Berry? Yeah, Taylor Berry. Taylor Berry. All right. Good old Taylor B from the olden days. She's been a she's been a great uh, supporter of the show, and we appreciate her very much. So her and Cat have been there since since almost, the early days, yeah, almost the beginning. Well, belief. Not sure when they jumped in the hole, but it, it was definitely a while back. Yeah, and for all you waiting for your singers out there, they are still coming. I know a lot of you guys have been with us for a long time, still waiting. They are coming. I blame it on Corona. Yeah, that's a good scapegoat. <laughs> John's ears got sick. John's ears got sick. I did lose motivation. All right, let's hear this. Uh, let's hear it. Taylor Berry, you are one of a kind, and we love you. Thanks for everything you do, and for sharing the belief hole. We wish we could give you a hug, and thank you in person. Maybe someday we will, and we'll win like in Nintendo. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Nintendo, Nintendo. I hope that Spider can spin a web for Taylor Berry. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Nintendo, Nintendo. Who doesn't like Nintendo? I hope that Spider can find his way from us to you. That was off the wall. It's uh, glorious. Oh, well done, though. I liked it. So, yeah, she likes Spider-Man Nintendo, that so you cover me, those bases. That makes you want to play Nintendo and watch simultaneously the Spider-Man series. Oh, the, the animated 90s. series is the best. So good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was really, really struggling on that one. Yeah. I think partly, Taylor, it was because there was a lot of pressure to do one that was really good for both you and Kat. Because they've both been such great listeners yeah, been and really great supporters of the supportive. show. And, you know, especially when we were starting out, they, they really made us uh, feel good about the show. So it's true. They were OGs. OG I actually listeners. did a couple of different ones. So don't, you know, if you don't like it, <laughs> just let us know. Don't, don't, say was, private. don't say, don't think it was for lack of effort. Cause right. I actually did go through a few different versions. John did struggle. He started drinking a lot, just concerned using trials are falling out. Yeah. He was, he was anxious about it. There's a lot of pressure when you have someone that's a re- been a really great. That was yeah. great. John. Anytime you get a courses of John around you, in song form. It was still really well done, you know. Yeah. Well, I get what thanks. you're saying with with uh, inspiration, but, yeah. you know, production-wise, it was excellent. I hope you I hope you liked it, Taylor. You know, you should have just started by, like, this is, I think, the best thing I've ever made. <laughs> Here we go. Really it's all about confidence. It was good. It wasn't that it wasn't good. I think it was just... I thought it was great. I don't you know you guys were talking about. Be, you wanted to break the mold because yeah, it's for I know, Taylor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, wanted yeah. It, I wanted it to be really good, but I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. So, um, Send her a handwritten letter <laughs> like with a journal entry of your day. Uh but yeah, so then the next one will be for Cat, right? Yeah, but we're doing that one later. That'll be okay. at the end. Chris, what is coming up on the expansion? What episode? is on the on the deck? On what the isn't coming up is the question. Actually, no, you're right. That is the question. What is coming up in the expansion? Uh, we got some awesome stuff coming up, and it kind of ties into today's. We've or into today's topic. We've got ancient stargates potentially. Ooh, that kind of depends what we have time for. Fun. But yeah, ancient stargates. We've got uh, military museum theft. 
We have insectoid aliens we're going to be discussing with um, wizard-like mind powers. And finally, Corey, good or bad? <gasps> yeah. That's all going into the episode? Well, now? it's kind of all tied together. Okay. For those who don't know, Corey Good is, um, what do you call that? A, uh, an experiencer. The self-proclaimed my lab survivor. Right. So an ex- a quote-unquote experiencer who allegedly was involved in a clandestine operation to inject the youth into military off-world battle with uh, draconian-type beings. On Mars, right? On Mars, amongst other planets. So Corey Good, uh, very controversial figure in the yeah. community, right? A lot of people dislike him. Yeah, a lot of people don't believe him. I don't know why his stories seem pretty credible. Well, we're, we're going to get into it. So you guys definitely okay, cool. definitely check out that one. Go That'll to believeful.com and uh, hit the Patreon button. Sign up to hear some some controversial discussion about this guy. And synchronistically, I didn't know you were going to be doing Corey Good, but in this episode, we might not get to it in the main episode, and I'll push it into the expansion. But. Uh, one of the things I was going to mention was I came across this really interesting video. Actually, if you guys saw the Georgia Guidestones episode on our last Patreon expansion, the guy who filmed the video of what looked like a blood sacrifice from his drone on top of those stone, oh, yeah. the stone monument, I ran into another video of his. It's called, uh, okay. is Lingam a Tesla coil? Now, Lingam, from what I understood from the video, are these cylindrical kind of um, stones or, or constructions in um, like Hindu temples. Oh, I've seen these. Yeah, amazing things. Yeah, and he had a video of him like approaching one, like in a line where they go to, you know, um, look, look at the at lingam. Them. Yeah, <laughs> to look at the I, I lingam. I think it's part of like a religious practice in Hinduism, perhaps. Uh, I'm not an expert, but we'll get into it in the expansion more. But anyways, as you approach, you feel like this heat from the stone, which by all accounts, why would a stone be creating heat? And apparently they actually have a vessel on, above the stone that drips water to keep the stone cool. Really? Because it's putting off this energy. And outside on a, a stone dated back to, I think like 1200 years ago or something, or 1200 BC, um, which would be different. I'm not sure which it is, but uh, there's a hieroglyphic or, or a carving rather um, outside the Hindu temple of one of these lingams. And around the top of the lingam is a metal coil. And shooting out from the metal coil are what look like lightning bolts. And there's like this guy below the co- really? below the lingam, like kind of like, ah, there's lightning. Uh, so it looks just like a, it could be putting off some kind of energy, some That's kind of ancient technology. So we'll, we'll touch on that. It's we'll get into that in the expansion. You often hear about the, uh, like the Baghdad battery or like those Egyptian hieroglyphics that look like helicopters or whatever. You hear those are pretty common in discussion. You don't hear about the lingam. It's called lingam? Lingam. Hmm. Yeah, here's Sounds the, like a, an anatomical body part. Right. John, you can see here in this in this picture, we'll have this in the show notes, but we'll get into more in the expansion. So here's the lingam. goes up and then there's like these things jutting out from this coil and these, what looks like some sort of lightning and then this dude, dude who's like, he's like, oh, I don't want to touch that. Anyways, I'll link to this guy's video in the show notes. It was really interesting. Uh, and I haven't heard much of, I have, this is a weird synchronicity. I hadn't heard anything about this topic at all. And then I search it and the, Corey Good tweeted it. And said, this oh, is a really right. interesting video. <laughs> yeah, so that's a weird kind of synchronicity. But yeah, so we'll get into all that in the expansion. It's going to be real juicy and interesting. Join to be an expansion level patron. And if you are, <laughs> we'll see you guys there. Yeah, well, we're going to a break. And we'll be back. See you guys in a minute. Bye. Belieful expansion. Baghdad Stargates. And lost ancient technology. Access granted. Thank you. The oldest civilization that we know of was Sumeria in modern Baghdad. 
So the Sumerians, their civilization just exploded overnight, as far as we can tell. There's no description of how they got their civilization. That's what they say. The academics say there's no explanation, but they tell you. They tell you in the tablets. They say right here, they say, the tablets directly relate the stories of the Sumerians interacting with, quote, their gods, who the contemporary academics believe are just a myth. But this is where Sumerian scholar that you may have heard of, Zachariah Sitchin, in 1976, first published his series of books with his translations. But with the difference, the thing that he did is what we talk about all the time in the show, is instead of treating the stories of the gods as myths, he took them at their word. He interpreted the tablets as literal descriptions of events as they occurred in time. In other words, civilization, uh, bicameral congress, uh, agriculture, plumbing, all the stuff that they claim the Anunnaki, their gods from heaven to earth came, gave them. Zechariah translates it. He takes them at their word and says they're describing. He looks at it as like a, as an historical possible fact and not as a myth. Right. Because where we have a lack of information about how they developed their civilization and mainstream academia, they tell you right in the tablets. Right. They just look at it as myth and they say we have no real understanding. Oh, yeah, that, that happens so often. Right. Okay. So, John, why don't you read this? This comes directly from uh, Michael Sell's academic uh, research study that we'll have linked in the show notes on this topic. Sitchin's translations of Sumerian cuneiform tablets revealed precise information on a range of topics that he argues could not have been possible for a civilization at the initial stages of its development, with no obvious predecessor civilization to borrow from. According to Sitchin, the Sumerians had detailed knowledge of all the planets in the solar system, understood the procession of the equinoxes, and also had an understanding of complex medical procedures. As to where they could have gained this detailed knowledge, Sitchin's translation suggests that the Sumerians provided a clear answer for its ultimate source. They revealed in their tablets that all their knowledge came from a race of extraterrestrial visitors, the Anunnaki, those who from heaven to earth came, who were not only teachers for the Sumerians, but also played a role in the creation of the human race. The origin of this ET race was a planet called Nibiru, that had a long elliptical journey around the sun and returned to this region of the solar system every 3,600 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Whatever you think about Sitchin and his work and his deciphering of these tablets, whenever you go back to what we know the Sumerians knew and how they built, developed their civilization, allegedly the first human civilization that we have record of, but somehow from the very beginning, this civilization has democratic concepts. It has math mm-hmm. in some form. It has... Advanced medical procedures. Advanced medical procedures. It knew human anatomy. The state of the solar system, seeing right, all the planets in their order. Right. Like how? We're back. Evidence of forgotten history. Oh boy. <laughs> well, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a keeper. So to wrap up today's episode on, and this again, just scratching the surface. Oh, yeah, we barely got into it, guys. There's so much to this, and this is we might do multiple parts on forgotten history. Actually, that might become a regular stinger we talked about. There's a lot of yeah. We, I mean, there's 
all sorts of different rabbit holes you could go down with this, right? Right. And this would be a good topic to continue in a in a video off the cuff or a live stream. Too. Atlantis could be its own. Oh, absolutely. Atlantis. Every example and instance of these forgotten civilization cities, evidence like of Lemuria and Mu and or Mount Mu. Mu, yeah. Uh Bimini Road, you know, um, oh, alleged evidence of the of Atlantis. And that might have been disproven. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, but it's something. Well, they think it might be naturally formed stone. Anyways, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I'm sorry, but uh, we're going to get more into this in future episodes. Uh, if you have any specific requests about forgotten history, ancient lost civilizations, technology you're interested in, whether it's something like the Anakitherium mechanism or something deeper like uh, lost electromagnetic uh, towers from like the 1500s, whatever right. it is, there's so much to cover. And we're definitely going to be dancing in those dark alleyways in the future. But what we are about to cover, I think, is one of the most fascinating finds. And I haven't heard of this, and I'm surprised. Uh, this is known as the Serapium of Saqqara. This is in Egypt. These are 100-ton boxes that they've discovered in ancient Egypt. I think they rediscovered them in 2014 like or something. cardboard boxes? Or? No, they're, they're made out of granite. Oh, they're 100 tons. If they're cardboard, they would be 100 tons. Jeremy. I know. When you say boxes, I think, you know. Yeah, you do. That'd have to be a really large Keep cardboard your mouth box. shut next time. Yeah, right. zip it. So what? So they're, how do you know they're boxes? What do you mean? How do I know they're boxes? Because if they have, they have a lid, right? Yeah. Have they been able to remove the hundred ton lid or whatever it is? They're, some are open. Oh. Yeah. They, they look kind of like sarcophagi. They do. Really, a hundred hundred tons. Hundred tons. They're uh, granite, like two hundred thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh two hundred pounds or two thousand pounds in a ton. So then there's math. Two hundred thousand. Yeah. How is that even possible? How big is it? It doesn't look that big. They're large. They're very large. The dimensions, I don't have the dimensions right now, but they're, uh, well, I know that they're bigger than uh, bulls. Bulls? Yeah. Like a bull? Yeah. Like an animal? Because the argument is that they were... uh, And it weighs 200,000 pounds. Yeah. How does that, that doesn't make sense. It's, they're very thick, heavy, dense rock. The size of a bull is not that big. You're saying it weighs... bigger than a bull. Yeah, but a bull is very, like 200,000 pounds. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It's a hundred tons, so that's it's very large. Two thousand times twenty thousand pounds. Yeah, that's different than two hundred thousand. I never pounds. said that. You made that math assumption. You said, didn't you say? I said one hundred tons. Is what I said. What's one hundred times two thousand? A hundred times two thousand is two hundred thousand. They're two hundred thousand pounds. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, they're they're supposed to be uh, larger than a steer. I don't believe it. And the reason why is because the the official explanation, and this is again uh, just guesswork is that they're sarcophagi for uh, the certain sort of uh, bull in, mm. in ancient Egypt. Which Your doesn't special bull. make a lot of sense for a few different reasons. Um, they're five meters tall, so 15 feet tall. 15 feet tall. And three meters or nine feet wide. Oh, it wasn't 2014, it was uh, 1850. It's a little bit off there when I said when they were rediscovered. Okay, uh, 1850. 1850. Um, but really interesting, and, I, and I've got a clip here I want to play, and this guy does an excellent job of breaking down some of the details on why they are so mysterious. So can we describe them for listeners just so they haven't gotten like a visual picture of what yeah, these things look like? and definitely check out the, the show notes. They look like, sort of like your, you know, your Egyptian sarcophagi. So picture like a big stone coffin, basically. But not too ornate. Right. Some of them have carvings on them, and um, some people speculate that these were not created by the same society that built the pyramid around it, but they were, in fact, discovered. Ooh. And one of the arguments is that they can barely... Where some of these are located, they can barely fit around these things. So how do you build them within this area? And if you didn't build them in here, Mm. how did you drag them through these tiny tunnels without any machinery? Um, Anyway, let's roll that clip. This comes from Uncharted X. 
Oh, the YouTube channel? Yeah, we'll have the link in there. Hey, should I get this loaded? You sure should. I, I don't think it's going to work. That guy looks like a wiener. Oh, no wonder he's on Gaia. Greg Brayton. Really? You know him? Yeah. You would. Sounds like you're like a basketball coach you had. Greg Braden. He's a uh, masterful <laughs> metaphysicist. He looks like it with his workout shirt and spiked gray hair. Wow. Wow, you're a total dick. That's right. Someone's going to see on YouTube, you on YouTube, and say, look at this chotch. <laughs> look at this chotch. <laughs> I know. People are going to probably make fun of me all the time with my moose nose and my <laughs> my rat head. I don't know. Those are things my rat head. Do I start at the beginning, Chris? Where? Yeah. Of all the many sites in Egypt that show signs of ancient high technology, this site stands alone. It is unique. And of thing. all of the many concrete and verifiable examples of ancient high technology that can be found in this place, wow. this one example is my clear favorite. Let's take a moment to understand what we're looking at here. This is a giant gargantuan box that has been carved from a single piece of extremely hard material, in this case, granodiorite. It weighs probably in excess of 100 tons, certainly well north of that figure when you include the lid. It stands 11 feet high. It has a precision carved interior surface, the planes of which are perfectly square and parallel to each other and to the box's lid. The interior corners have been finished. But monster was in that thing. At mm. most 5.32 of an inch or under four millimeters. And the interior walls of this box have been measured as being flat to within 1 20th the width of a human hair. Under tons. It has been dragged into an underground labyrinth and tucked away into the back corner of one of the alcoves. It's creepy, man. Site. In some cases, you had less than a foot of clearance in the tunnels that it was moved through. And it's been there. That's just so insane. Thousands of years. That's where you would put like a Nephilim so you couldn't get out. Been there for thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years. How do you move that kind of stuff? No machinery? Yeah. How do you quarry this stone? How do you move it from its original location? How do you move it into the tunnels? Yeah, it has to be some technology that we don't understand, like sound or something. Astonishing degree of precision. There's no room for people. There's no room for the machinery. It's creepy when you look at it. Proof of this achievement of something that our civilization has never achieved to this point. And what if I told you that there are at least 24 more of these boxes? Yeah, all I wouldn't believe you. And similar dimensions. Yeah. All with similar precision carved interior surfaces. There's like 20, 25 like of those there? All underground. And they're all mind blowing in their construction and in their location. Wow. I think that if you're looking for proof of ancient high technology, if you're open to that, that's idea. ridiculous. Look, look how flat and straight those angles are. Of ancient engineering. Yeah, and look at the surrounding construction. Doesn't look like it's ne nearly the same. Dude, what's precision. crazy is it's all we underground. Like this in our civilization, I don't think the ancient Egyptians made these objects. I think they inherited them. This site I agree. alone as just I agree. Uncharted possible. Something well beyond our understanding was happening. Yeah, but look at that. Okay, this was one thing in the video. We'll have this in the show notes. The handles. Yeah, look at this. This is the handle on this thing. And what freaks me out about this is there's a handle on this, <laughs> yeah. what, 20 ton lid for this massive box. Who's using like that handle? Like you'd find on a box or something to like, or, you know, those handles that yeah. are like an Amazon box on that's a lid. big. 
yeah. or lid or anything. It's yeah. meant for a hand to grab it almost. Yeah. This, so what monster, what monstrous creature is grabbing this lid? The other creepy part is that it's open. This box is halfway open. Look the, lid is, out. the lid is sitting halfway open on top. This box is halfway open. The lid kind of pushed aside. Someone grabbed or something grabbed that handle yeah. and moved this 20-ton lid to the side. Or maybe they use ropes or something to, to attach to the handle. Well, it's but again, how, how do you do it? It's in this tiny structure. How do you get the leverage? You can't use ropes. Yeah, it's tucked back into this dark ropes corner of this construction. Ropes wouldn't manage that either. I mean, the rope wouldn't be able to... There's no 20 way. 20 tons? No. I don't think so. You have to, how, many, like, how many pulleys and levers would you have to build out around this thing to even try to budge that? Yeah. It's insane. Did we mention the sound, like potentially sound technology? Do we? That's one idea. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And this is, I, I'm surprised I never heard about this. This seems like something we would have heard about at some point. When you when you hear about these anomalies, there's 25 of these things tucked away in these in the side of this mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, just crazy stuff. Yeah, there's just, there's technology that you have to confront somehow. And this, this is, we got into a little bit with scientists, like not being able to really get too far into this because it would smash the paradigm of what what's possible with physics. Right. There's a whole side of something that we don't understand. And I think part of the reason why scientists don't want to look into this stuff too much is because I think they're afraid. They're, we don't like as human beings not knowing things and being unaware. And It's uncomfortable. People at the top of their field that feel like we have everything pretty much figured out. And this kind of just blows the lid on that. And I think it's hard for people to accept that there may be this whole side of reality that we just don't comprehend at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also the danger of losing your credibility or your, you know, making any money in your career if you're right. go against the the you built your career on the, the idea of where these how these things are constructed and you have these discoveries so they're kind of, you know, pushed aside sometimes. Um it's fascinating and John like you mentioned during the clip um, you know, this this brings up thoughts and questions about sound technology, like how moving things, like how do they get these things in these dark little corners? They build it around it, or are these things that are moved by some technology we're unaware of? I think. Well, here's one possible explanation. If I can jump in, uh, this comes up a lot when we're looking at these ancient structures, especially ones like uh, this one that I have here. That we, we'll put this in the show notes. This is uh, Saxiuman. Uh, these gigantic, uh, multi-ton blocked built structures that look like marshmallows of different shapes and sizes stacked and pressed together so tightly that you can't fit a piece of paper through the cracks. And what's crazy is that like, you can tell all of these stones, they're, they're smooth. They're, they're rounded at the edges. They're the way they're put together is perfectly straight, but the, they all look like they're softened. Right. In a way to fit perfectly, and that's this 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 rock. Yeah, they're not finding those in nature like that. Well, in all the yeah, in all the corners, like the way that wall's built, like that one foundation stone there, which is probably hundreds of tons alone, and then all the ones that are fitting around it. There's no rational cutting and and movement of those different rocks, as yeah, far as like crazy. it's it's like a jigsaw puzzle, right? And these stones are gigantic, and they fit together to create these walls. It'd be awesome to be there. Yeah, where's that one? Uh, this is sexy human, I think. It- What's interesting too is these are. This is not like an anomaly. This happened a lot back in then. different cultures right. across the world. So they had something, some going rock melting, on. rock softening that's, technology. That seems kind of like a logical explanation. Well, that's the thing. I think you know when it what it boils down to is that there's technology that existed in our ancient past that we have we have no way of understanding at this point, and maybe never will. Hopefully, we'll figure it. Does it out. seem like rock melting though would be like the most logical explanation. Rock softening. You can soften it and then shape it. And but then it move it into position while it's still but if they soft. Had, right. if, they had, if they were able to build molds 
right. and then pour the rock into it. But why would you mold it like that? That's the question. Why not make them even shapes? Yeah, yeah it's very bizarre. It feels like a combination of having a power to move a giant object and also soften the edges when, when it gets there. Yeah. It's almost like it softened once I it guess arrives. You're right. They wouldn't probably make it like that unless they understood something about um, geometry and not making things even and perfect. You know, you're right, because I've heard uh, theories about that and that potentially maybe they were built to withstand eons of time because earthquakes, that's earthquake proof really? because of the construction. You because can't, it's not perfectly like aligned. Right, and, if it was just a stone sitting on top of another, like a 10-ton stone sitting on top of another 10 stone, you get enough earth shaking, right. that'll throw it down. But you build it like that where it's interlocking. They were trying to preserve something for centuries and they were able to. For millennia. Millions of years. This comes from the country of the Nazca lines, Peru. Oh, there you go. Uh, Cusco, you've heard of Cusco. Oh, Cusco, right? that's right. Saxo-human was well, a, you get a extra huge... extra groceries at that place, don't you? <laughs> that's Cusco. Uh, so this comes from, uh, yeah, Saxo-human, it was a huge citadel, temple complex in Cusco, in Peru. Look at that thing. That looks like a horizontal stargate on the ground. That is definitely Which, a By the way, we're getting stargate. into stargates. I can see Kiefer Sutherland right in the middle. Kiefer he wasn't in Stark. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Russell, sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Man, I want to go to one of these. I would love to, man. Let's start a Kickstarter. Take a belief hole cruise at all these <laughs> places. Um, yes, yeah, so that's one idea, this melting technology. A lot of these old stones, too, you'll see, like, uh, maybe at um, Puma Punko, which we're about to get into, or at least reference. I'm not sure if it's there. I think it is. But in other ancient locations, they have stones that look like they were placed and then locked together with Iron keys, right? Which is a modern day masonry thing, John. It's where they take two stones and they cut into the stone a shape, uh, kind of like a bow tie. And then you put the stones together with this bow tie shape cut across them, and then you fill that with iron, and that hardens and locks those stones into place. Mm -hmm. And we find evidence of that in ancient, ancient stone structures that are thousands of years before civilization should have and that's, existed. That's the thing. That's going to take us into the last thing I want to talk about here. That idea of not maybe not thousands of years old, but tens of thousands of years old, the idea that these ancient civilizations like the Inca people um, coming to a, a location and not building these sites, but discovering them and saying they found them here. Mm -hmm. and, they, and it was ancient and decrepit when they came upon it. You know, and we tend to throw those things out and ignore their comments. Like, oh, they must have built it. When they say, no, we found it. This is the city of the gods. And that's an example of Puma Punku, which is this incredible temple complex uh, in Teotihuacan. It's, which is in Bolivia. But this place is crazy, and it's one of these giant stone places. Jeremy, if you want to pull up a picture for John. But their stones, the largest one is seven meters long, five meters wide, and weighs, it, it's estimated to weigh about 131 tons. Again, one of these places where, like, how did they build this? And the, the, the Incas that came across this place said they found it here, and they thought it was so beautiful that they believed that it was the site where the world was created. Oh, yeah. And what, I think this is a place, one of those examples. They had the wall here, and in the wall were these stone faces. Yeah. And all the faces look like people from different parts of the world, like African faces. And this is in Peru, right? Bolivia. Bolivia. So, But South America, right? Or Middle America, South America? Is it? Anyways, south of here uh, in the Americas. But yeah, different faces, like African faces, I think Asian faces. Uh, I wonder if you can find it. Maybe that's why they thought it was a place where the world was built. But this is this is one of those places, too, that is referenced as a an ancient stargate. Uh, based on the lore of the people that found the place and also based on some of the crazy structures that are there. And we'll get into that. We'll revisit the city in our expansion episode when we get into Stargates and um, insectoid alien mind melders. Oh, is that the swastika? Mm -hmm. One of the most ancient What's symbols. What's interesting about the swastika is it has been commandeered as a hate symbol, but it's a powerful symbol, isn't it? Yeah, it's a magical it's symbol. An ancient, ancient. Just like the peace symbol. It is yeah. an ancient, ancient symbol. Right. And Well, yeah, the Nazis 
uh, invested a lot into occult research to try to grow power, uh-huh. and they used the they they took the I forget the name of the swastika. Is that the original name swastika, mm-hmm. or was it was that is that the German adaptation of the original name? I think it's Eastern. What's sad though is I do think it it was a a symbol that had power and could have been used for positiveness. Well, originally that's what it was meant for. It's in all cultures. It's also in Hebrew has the, I think Hebrew has the swastika or something, version of the swastika like that. But old carvings in India, Buddhist temples have the swastika. It's an ancient symbol. It's not, it's just become one of those things that was adopted and turned to. Right. Right. Here it is in Sanskrit. Um, Anyway, the last one I want to talk about here is Teotihuacan, City of the Gods, which anybody who's familiar with this topic and has been listening to this episode might have wondered if we'd ever get here. But this is the City of the Gods. So when the Aztecs stumbled upon the ruins of Teotihuacan, the city had already long been abandoned. That's what's fascinating. Who built this place? That's why they called it City of the Gods. They came across this huge complex, beautifully built. It looks like a giant sports arena from a forgotten time period. Yeah, it's massive structure, dude. And there's look at that thing. gigantic pyramid and then That looks like an alien landing ground. Yeah. So they're from 100 BCE, allegedly. What or took supposedly. place there? It's just you can't even imagine. It was a city, It doesn't man. really look like a living place. Though. I'm sure it was, but it just looks like a ceremonial. Yeah, cuz it's a bunch of platforms everywhere. Right. So it's like what was in the, in the middle there's that one platform like, you know, if you think it looks about like it, landing areas. If, and if you think about it on like that bird's eye view scale, who knows how big the people were that lived here? Like, what if, you know, we look at these ancient sarcophagi that are 15 feet long and 100 tons. You know, you look at this and you're like, what if super large people lived here? A lot of these gateways you see in these ancient cities, all built around the same time period, allegedly, have these giant entranceways, you know. Maybe just the rulers were gigantic. You know, maybe yeah, just the rulers city of the were gods. Giants. I mean, you look in Hindu, we're not getting into the Vimana, but you have these, you know, giant type, um, you know, blue-skinned, in some cases, gods that flew around in these Vimana some god specifically. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get into that in the expansion or maybe another episode, but uh, there's it so much of this stuff. It doesn't look like a normal life took place there. Well, if you think about it too, like we're seeing what's left, which are all these massive stone That's structures, true. pyramids. Within these, this to me looks like a city, a city map, right? A, a city foundation outline with all of these temples and structures and this gigantic king's whatever temple mountain there at the end. There could be tons of wooden structures around exactly. it. Exactly. Like Inside there could have been, you know, since the millennia have passed, there could have been wood huts and homes or, or even really nice wooden houses. Who knows right. what their culture actually yeah. looked like. It's the only thing left. And this is the only thing left are the mainstays. Like the but look foundation. At that. There's how many dozens of pyramids are there or like yeah. temples. Yeah, and every year we're discovering more pyramid civilizations in South America in the rainforest mm-hmm. using LIDAR and things like that. Who knows what, the, I would love to go back that time period and just look around. I guarantee around. when our culture's gone, there's not going to be like amazing <laughs> leftover artifacts. No, we'll like find that. cell phone pieces. No one will know that we were here. Yeah, no plastic. The Most of plastic. our stuff, and maybe Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, these must have been their gods. <laughs> yeah, another place, Angkor Wat in Cambodia. Incredible, incredible place. But they're now discovering uh, surrounding Angkor Wat in the jungles around oh, there. That's, more, in, that's in India, right? Uh, Cambodia. Uh, Cambodia. More cities. Hey, pull, Look at pull that one place. Of those. Pull one of those up. Again, this would be great for a uh, video episode. Is that a picture or a painting? That's a painting it's a photo illustration i'm pretty sure oh. but that's what it looks like i mean that's the construction it, yeah i want to see one closer up one of those okay. one of those thingies that's the technical term oh these are in the jungles that they discovered outside of man i want to go there that'd be amazing look this is the kind of stuff we're still look discovering at look at that freaking gateway those blow, little kids are just riding through blow that up yeah anchor Jamie, blow that up <laughs> anchor watt is i mean maybe the most in my mind most beautiful where is this at cambodia cambodia I want to go to a jungle where it's warm. And it's and there's so much of the stuff we're finding is right there. We just That's it's awesome. difficult to get to. 
Look at that, man. That is, that was a, another... Man, to be there would just be such an incredible feeling, I bet. Yeah. Just so ancient. The energy just there. just beautiful. Something about stone, too. We just don't use it anymore like we should. Yeah. And there's, there is a feeling with stone. We touch a piece, like a yeah, big piece like of granite. Yeah, grounding. Yeah, there's an energy, and I'm not Remember into that energy Remember one time so much, we but, went to that, like, rock place and laid on the rocks? Oh, yeah, man. That's my birthday. Yeah. my 20- That was in Texas somewhere, wasn't oh, it? Oh, that was, um, uh... It was that park in Texas. Yeah. It was kind of like a stressful time or something. We yeah. laid on the rock and it, you could just feel the energy draining out of your body, like yeah. in a good way, like all the Taking negative. Taking all the stress and everything yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, again, like looking at these places and looking at Teotihuacan and the fact that the Aztecs stumbled upon it. So how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years ago was this thing created and by what? Right. By who? I mean, I think that it's super possible that before even humans were here, it doesn't have to necessarily be an extraterrestrial species. Ant people. It could have been a non-human It's necessarily race. an extraterrestrial. Ant people, right? Nah, I, don't, people? I don't like that idea. That doesn't seem very Why? romantic to me. But we will be talking about ant people. How are ant people not romantic? One of the people... Because they have pincers. One of Corey Good's missions, actually his first mission, allegedly, was uh, being part of an interrogation on an ant person uh, who was an extraterrestrial, but who was disguised as a CEO of a major corporation. And they needed Corey Good to go in there and empathically discern what he was but saying. he was an ant person? Mm-hmm. Cool. You know what's weird about this whole corona thing? It's just because you talked about he was like a corporation leader. Oh, right, right. I think about all those major CEOs that stepped down right before this. You know, that was the weird one of the weird things that freaked me out about it was this year was like the highest like step down unprecedented of amount of like major corporation CEOs weird. stepping down. Maybe they're going back to their hive. Who knows, man? <laughs> Some weird times though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're all ant people. Are we going to wrap, we're wrapping this up though. Yeah, this I is think, pretty much done. I think we're for the, for our first dip into the forgotten history, ancient really awesome stuff. Though. I was, you know, you kind of, I wasn't sure how you'd, uh, you'd feel about yeah, this Yeah, It's easy when you can see it, it's different. Right. Because, Sorry guys out there. <laughs> can't but see I it. think we talked, we talked about it in a way that was, you know, Describes exciting it. and I hope so. Except um, for Jeremy's uh, pot and or cup. Yeah, he really got, didn't it like did my get a little cup. more exciting towards the end. But this stuff is kind of like I've heard it a lot, you know, and it's just like artifacty. And sometimes I have a hard time getting into that. But when you definitely it's like, it's too bad. It's at the end. I'm telling you to look at this. But uh, <laughs> maybe we should go back in time and uh-huh. record a little chunk <laughs> that says, "Get into this stuff as you're listening." It's yeah. it's definitely more interesting yeah. to watch the just beautiful architecture there's just an ancient mysteriousness to it that is uh exciting when i make the youtube video for this one i might just throw in like slides of stuff like this yeah just yeah. have i go through just have it just yeah. in the background mm-hmm. yeah for those of you listening on Castbox or oh go please sign up on our youtube channel yes i was subscribe. gonna say that we need yes, your help we need your help anyone that just has a couple minutes just go find belief hole on youtube hit subscribe we're gonna be doing more live streams on there hit the bell notification Smash the like button. Hang out in the hole with and us. We need to get to a certain number on there just to be able to message people on Right, we have YouTube to get to a thousand. I think we're at eight. Yeah, we're not at a thousand something. yet. So it's not our main platform, but we right. want to we want to start using it more. We want to be able to live stream to you guys. Well, so. now with our new streaming system that's coming in the mail, we'll be on Fingers YouTube a lot more. Yeah. Yes. Thank you to works. patrons who have put money yes. towards the show. We're actually You're helping us keep the lights on and, and continue to expand and. If you're if you like the show and you want more content and you want to help our show, go sign up as a patron. We have double the content and it really does help us continue to do the show. So if you're on the fence, get off that fence and support <laughs> support what you like. Yeah. Or it goes away. Speaking of Patreon, we got a, we got one we more do. stinger, right? This is Kat, one of our long term friends in the hole. And uh 
yeah, I'm going to play the stinger and I hope you like it. changes there oh man that was good that's uh, good so that was the that was change fun. change of events that was chris on the horn i felt like i needed a, like a little little um dusting of cocaine under my nose when i was singing that <laughs> it's like a mix between like kansas and like tenacious d well cat likes classic rock so we thought we'd do a classic rock kind of thing right that was the, the inspiration for that yeah so yeah. sorry to listeners out there for my incredible voice i'm sure it was it did remind me of the darkness a little bit oh yeah among the pyramids <laughs> of time and space yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hope you like that. Two of our favorite fans, Kat and Taylor, we did you in the same show. And thanks for being we super. We did you in the same show. We that did you in the same strange. show. But uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. They've we, been here for a long, probably our been very supporters. patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, there are others of you out there who have been also very supportive and also waiting right. a long time. You are coming. We have another Taylor coming up. She's been with us for a long time, mm-hmm. too, supportive. We get a bunch. First singer, I think, is probably coming up next. Uh, Probably her and Trisha, I would imagine. Trisha's also a long time. Well, we should look at the note. So we've got a list yeah. here, and I'm hoping to get back in the creative flow here. This whole Corona thing did throw me out of my creative loop for a while. Yeah. It was just hard to focus on anything. So mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. we can get this going again and wrap up all these uh, stingers. out of date stingers. And yeah. Thanks for everybody's patience out there. Who's yeah. Hopefully, the, hopefully the show is entertaining. That's really why you're. You know you're you've signed up but if you <laughs> in case you didn't know why you signed up well i mean i <laughs> hope you're not you. what i mean is i hope you're not too like sad that you haven't heard they haven't your heard stinger your stinger yet. yet it's yeah. coming they're coming yeah we promise that they will get here at some point speaking yes. of speaking of patrons uh we have a list a new list we wanted to read for our april patrons yeah and if you're an earlier patron and somehow we missed your name just let us know send us an email and we will read your name as well i'm pretty right. sure we haven't you never know but here are the patrons that signed up in april so we want to thank you Especially, beginning with, big thanks to our awesome patons, including Noah Gellner, No Gallagher, not No Gallagher, oh, No Gellner. I, I, He's cool too. I made the mistake. Frankie, hi Frankie. Dale Hayes, Megan McMinn, Christian. That's my name. Narlfield Narlfield. <laughs> or, no, amazing. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. This is a great name. <laughs> Narlfield Garfield. Oh, he go. actually told us how he got the name. I can't remember right now. Something to do with a hiking trail, right? Oh, it's the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah. it was like oh, a, that's right. a trail name or something. Yeah. But thank you, my friend. Awesome. Uh, Sunny. Slick Willie. And we also have Jen Geiger. Mm-hmm. Dorinda Blasky. Yep. Shout out to Dorinda. Brittany Bonin. Yep. Matt. Uh-huh. Martin Dennis. Big whoop. Erica Yuri. Yeah, yeah. Laura Corbett. Mm-hmm. Laura Corbett. Corbett? Corbett. Corbett. Laura Corbett. Hi. <laughs> Wait, is it Laura Corbett or Laura Corbett? I don't know, but thank you for being here. Yes. Christine Strzok. Leah Ashley. Gregory Fletcher. Chandel. Cynthia Lapham. Daniel Bronson. Oh, man. Our old friend oh. from back in the day on Stonewood. Oh. Love that guy. Really? Stonewood Dan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Houses down from us. Missed that guy. Yeah. Kel Wenner. 
Taylor Abate. Oh, yeah. Oh, OG Taylor. She's back. Friend of the show. Joseph Jones. Oh, we got a Benji Saffle. Ben Saffle. Hey, buddy. Ben. Good old Ben. CM Leadkey. Avery Marone. Hi. Bryce. Sales tax VATGST. Oh, no, that's oh. a random junk mail. Okay. <laughs> Gaster Jr. Oh, yes, 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 yes. CLB. Johnny Oblaka. Johnny Oblaka. Johnny Canada. Johnny in Canada. Hole. In the house. Finally in the hole. Glad to finally have you aboard. Yeah. Had some good speak pipes from him, actually. Yeah. Well, we've got a good new round of patrons. Thank you guys for signing up. I hope you love the extra content. Again, for anybody who's not a patron yet, uh, with the expansion level, you get, I mean, it's double the hole at least. And you also get off-the-cuff episodes. Uh, there's a lot of extra content that you're missing if you're not a patron. Yeah. And there'll be new tiers coming and we up. We are, yeah, we're getting ready to, to get some new content going. So that's exciting. You get to see our yeah. beautiful faces. We have some video content for, we're probably another tier for video. Well, then we're also going to have, we're going to have a, yeah, an extra tier for people who want more beliefful FaceTime. It's going to be like, kind of like extra episodes. Right, yeah. extra episodes. But we're also, we're still going to have a video live stream live stream for the masses for all of our listeners for everyone so we just so we can stay in touch with everybody those who can't afford yeah. the tiers like that's totally fine we we're totally not sure understand. how many like we're gonna do a month but as many as we can i think what's gonna happen is they're gonna be live streamed and left up probably for like a little bit and then they'll go in the archives of the video tier yeah potentially right? yeah but yeah video tier will get their own off the cuff full beliefful episodes that are exclusive to Patreon. Yeah, we're going to have a special tier called, is it Black-Eyed Cool Kids? Black-Eyed Cool Kids. That's the tier? Uh, so that tier is going to basically be the video level tier. Where no. We, no? That's a remote viewer. Okay, well, whatever we call yeah. it. I'm not sure which is better. <laughs> Black-Eyed Cool Kids is a whole other, yeah, but remote, whole other tier. We got a bunch of tiers coming okay, out. Okay, so whatever it is, we're going to have a video tier, but it's going to be a lot of extra video content. So we're going to have- On demand. Extra live streams beyond the regular live Believe stream. We do all the listeners. Time. It's going to be exclusive live streams. It's going to be potentially video off-the-cuff episodes, like our usual off-the-cuffs, but video versions. Uh, we're going to have more live call-ins, all kinds of stuff. So stay tuned for that. We're yeah, in a whole once, new world. Once we get this uh, new system set up, it should make it easier- for yeah. us to do this stuff. Yeah. Hopefully. Make it easier for you guys to watch it so we're not lagging all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We do put a lot of time into this and we want to turn it into a little bit more of a, a situation. Yeah. A situation. Well, <laughs> we'd love to do this full time for you guys and that requires, like, I mean, all the work and time we put into it, you know, we do completely out of love right now. And in order to do it full time, we need obviously need to be able to make some kind of income from it. So we're hoping that by putting up these tiers and these extra you know, opportunities for additional content, if you guys want it, then it'll be there. And then that can help sustain us so we can keep going and growing the show. Right. And we're, and we're offering these tiers because we want to be giving something back. We want to be giving more content, not just throwing up tiers to just to support us, but right. also because you're, you'll be getting more content if you love the show, then you're getting something back as well. Exactly. You know, I think and that's it, important. The live streams and the video stuff, it is a lot more engaging because we'll, we'll be able to show you video mm -hmm. and that's super fun. Yeah, right? it'll be fun. Images um, we're referencing in the show. Video it'll clips. Ma it'll make it way more interactive and imagine how good it's going to be when you can see the video and see what we're talking about with videos. We're going to have a lot of streams where we've got a bunch of videos lined up and it'll spark a lot of interesting conversations. So Get in the hole. Yes. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but if you want to help us out and you just got a minute, just go sign up, hit subscribe oh, on YouTube. Go the find bell. Belief Hole, hit subscribe because we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers. And once we get that, we can actually put up messages and yeah. I think we'll Posts. have super chats available. And if you want to be like notified, that. I think even... You got to hit the bell. Yeah, you have to, if you want to be notified when we're dropping a live stream or something, hit the little bell next to subscribe. So not just subscribe, but also hit that little bell. Yeah. It'll get you a little ringy ding. Smash the like button. That's what smash they say. Smash it. 
Oh, also, thank you to everybody who's been doing Facebook recommendations. We haven't talked about that in a while, but oh, yeah. people have been doing Facebook recommendations. We got a great Stitcher review the other Stitcher day. Stitcher review. Reviews yeah, on. Reviews are always helpful. Yeah, iTunes, wherever. Thank you to all those people out there that have been doing that. Um, I mean, it really does help us out. Like so. a chocolatey dream. Oh, and exactly what I was going to say. If you're not a patron yet, uh, we are going to be having, probably by the time this is released, we'll have a, a patron list. Heroes of the Whole will be listed on our website as special people. Yes. If you are a patron. So check that out. And we're also going to have a page for all of the stingers that John... Yeah, all the audio stingers We have a stinger made. playlist. So anybody who wants a stinger, that's where we're going to have them online forever. Right. Archived on our website. Leafhole.com. So. So check out uh, the link in your podcast notes here. We'll link you back to our website with the full show notes for this show and also uh, have pages for every other episode that we've done. So check it out and uh, come say hi. And thank you guys for listening and uh, spread the whole. Yeah. If you get a chance. Spread. We are trying to spread it all around the universe. Amen to that. It's on its way. It is out there like It's a not even a probe. sexual reference anymore when you say it. Like, just spread the hole. You yeah. know, just... Well, now it is because you just said it. I know, but it, it's because we've become immune to it. Because new people that haven't heard us say that. It still like, sounds gross. Oh, shuddering. It sounds repulsive. But... Spread the belief hole. There, if you put belief before it, it doesn't sound as mm-hmm. gross. Get ready. Next episode, we're going to be doing a really interesting deep dive into story of... Oh, yes. Of off-world military U.S dark project, breakaway civilization stuff with Michael Sala's work, getting into some Corey Good stuff, maybe Corey Good or Bad. Fascinating story. We're going to explore a drama and controversy surrounding this this controversial figure, Corey Good. Well, that'll right? be in the main app, and then we'll, we'll tell the story of his story, and we're going to tell the story of other whistleblowers, and then in the expansion, we're going to get into the controversial side of Corey Good, that conversation, uh, what his detractors are saying, what the fight is that's going on in the uf- ufological community right now it's very uh it's fascinating perspective a lot of drama a lot of drama very soap opera yeah it is yeah very jersey i don't want to think about this guy Corey good is he Corey good or bad let's find out let's find out on the next episode of belief Belief hole Hole. see ya see ya